Howdy, howdy. Me. And welcome to But It Was Aliens. The extraterrestrial comedy, comedy podcast. podcast where we probe the aliens before they probe you. This, we hope, keeps you safe. When I say we, I'm referring to me, Kevin the Slag, Greybeard, whom shall be hosting this week's investigation, and my partner in extraterrestrial extracurricular activity, Granville Moonwalker. What up, yo? We try not to bounce around on this show too much before we start, so I'd like to jump straight into the topic of today's episode. If you don't mind hopping straight in, sir. Point. We aren't travelling. <laughs> we aren't travelling far from home today, Granville. But as is often the case, we are heading back in time a little. Way back. Back in the time. For we leg. Before we begin our tale this week, in October 1837, in Victorian era London, Mary Stevens was walking the Lavender Hill. <laughs> I, sorry, I really had to fight saying, was a slag after <laughs> you said her name? Oh no. Uh, I apologise. So Mary Stevens was walking the Lavender Hill a shopping and residential street in South London, where Mary Stevens was working as a servant. <laughs> I can't stop doing that voice now. As Mary Stevens <laughs> made her way through Clapham Commons, a dark figure leapt at Mary Stevens from a dark, dark alley. It was a snake. Oh no. <laughs> the figure took Mary <laughs> Stevens in its arms tightly gripping her until Mary Stevens could not move. The figure then begun to kiss Mary Stevens' face. As it kissed her, the creature ripped at Mary Stevens' clothes. Yes, ripped oh, and ran funny anymore. And ran its cold, clammy claws over her smooth skin. Claws? Mary Stevens, of course, screamed out, and this appeared to startle the creature, which subsequently fled. Locals came rushing to the scene, and a search for the attacker ensued, but the dark figure was nowhere to be seen. Has Mothman made his way to London? Does Mothman attack people? That's got claws. Dark figure. So Mothman! 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 Oh, it's that's taken a dark grim, turn. though. Yeah, it has. They're trying to kiss the face. Yeah, you've got enough to deal with with an attack, let alone turning that way, haven't you? But then claws. It could have just been a twat. Could have been, but claws? Um, Freddy Krueger? Made some kind of glove that would just make Freddy it easier Kruger? for him to... Wolverine? Vega? Get the... This is a really dark, bloody turn. Turn? This is the start. <laughs> well, you turned left. From the oh, I intro. didn't turn left at all, you fuck. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally at the intro, and then you've just gone down dark alley. Dark, dark alley. I'm not going to blame her here at all by saying... Oh, not at all. No. Yeah. I was about to say, why didn't she scream straight away? But then anything could have happened. Shock. Take him, yeah, shock. Yeah, um, anything like that. So, I didn't mean to say... She should have screamed earlier because she might not have been able to. She screamed yeah, whenever she I think, could have. Yeah, it's a good point. Probably was shock and surprise. 
And then as she sort of came to and realised what was going on and her mind caught up with the instincts, at mm. that point she let rip. Should I continue? Yeah. All right, then. This is a knobber already, isn't it? A knobber? <laughs> Not in that time. <laughs> I don't even I was think a, of it in that time. I was literally about to say, this is a dickhead. Right. Okay, well, well, bear with me. This person is a strong C word. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, then. Let's keep on rocking. Hypothetically, if you'd attacked someone and nearly been caught, you'd lay low, wouldn't you? Not this fucker. The very next day, near Mary Stevens' home, no less, the dark figure appeared once more. Only this time, it jumped in front of a passing carriage, which caused the driver, pilot, coachman to lose control and crash. There were witnesses to this event who all claimed to see the dark figure escape, not by running, but by leaping straight over a nine-foot wall. No kip-up, as it cackled in a high-pitched laugh. (laughs) News of this ridiculously high jump spread, and the attacker from this point forward was dubbed Spring-Heeled Jack. Ah, Spring-Heeled Twat. Spring-heeled knobber. If he hadn't have ripped her clothes and, and kissed her face and yep. all of that, I would have just said this is someone just having a laugh, trying to make people jump. And um, Which is still not okay, but, but at least m- he's not, like, borderline. Yeah, I mean, just Ooh. jumping out and going, Ruh! and then seeing people's reactions. But no, he's a... Yeah, like a YouTube video gone wrong when someone then punches him in the face. Mm. Or, or her, but or this them. is still a strong C-word. Spring-heeled C-word. Spring- <laughs> uh, I can't put that as the episode title. You can. Well, I can't, actually, because I, mean, I think both Apple and Spotify block out swear words. You could probably Mortal Kombat and spell it with a K. So this time, he's literally just jumped out, made them... In front of a carriage and jump, made them crash, yeah. And then he didn't leg it. He's kind of jumped it. out of them like a flasher without the flash. And then he hopped off. Leapt over a nine-foot wall in a single bound. Was it nine-foot, though, or has it been exaggerated? Was it a three-foot wall Why would you have just a three-foot wall? Don't In Victorian-era London. What if it there was... There weren't no three-foot walls there. What if it was a three-foot wall but a nine-foot drop? So from, <laughs> <laughs> so from their perspective on the other side... Yeah. It's a nine-foot wall. He actually just hopped over. <laughs> that is a brilliant point. Again, nine-foot wall, no kip-up. Yeah. Did they say that he had any springs on his shoes? Or was he dubbed spring-heeled simply because of the spring in his step? At this point, certainly because of the spring in his step, that okay. he's just jumped nine feet into the air that is a three foot wall one side nine foot drop the other so for reference i was about to say what is the high jump record eight foot and a quarter so this person is the unofficial world record holder at this point this knobber (laughs) spring-heeled knobber Moving on to the 9th of January, 1838, the Lord Mayor of London, I shit you not, Sir John Cohen, <laughs> as he held... I bet it was him. Pardon? I bet it was him. 
you'd be surprised. Sir John Cowan, as he held a public session in the Mansion House, the London Mayor's official residence, announced that he had received an anonymous complaint which he withheld from public record in the hope of discovering further information. The letter outlined that someone had taken on a bet to terrorise the villagers around London in three different disguises, a ghost, bear and devil. The letter went on to advise that the unmanly villain had already succeeded in depriving seven ladies of their senses, two of whom are unlikely to recover. This letter is out there, you can easily find it on Google. The letter also alleged that the newspapers knew all about this but were choosing to remain silent. This was either someone didn't like what was going on and heard what the plan was, so dubbed them in, or they were like, let's say what we're going to do and then see if they can stop us. Maybe, but I guess the key point there is that this is actually documented, this did happen. That is true. How did he deprive seven ladies of their senses? The letter doesn't really make it clear, but I guess with the first one, maybe he scared her like into some form of shock and it brought on like some mental health difficulties perhaps or something. I'm completely theorising there. I can say he didn't blind them or... Obviously we we have more to this story, but... Or Tango slapped them in the ears. Well, he scraped her face. The dirty knobber. I kissed her face. I keep calling them a he, but... This could be anyone or anything at this point. I suppose it doesn't help that, I've, that it's called Spring-Hilled Jack. That's mm. quite a manly name, I guess, in terms. And so far, um, it would appear Bear and Devil have been accounted for. If it's in three different disguises, I'm assuming Bear was the first one, or even Devil. Could have been either, really, couldn't second. it? Because there was no talk of claws in the second one. He just hopped out, made them yep. jump. And okay. then hopped a three-foot wall. The third being Ghost. What's the Ghost outfit going to be? Are they going to be invisible? Is he ever going to hide in a house? And knock the walls? And, yeah. Or <laughs> run the streets in a white sheet? <laughs> Who would do that? Who would do that indeed? Kevin. You started it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were the instigator that I night. I think I was, yeah. The mayor was sceptical. But to his surprise, a member of the audience confirmed that servant girls in Kensington, Hammersmith and Ealing had all seen a ghost or devil. The news made the papers, the Times that very same day, and national newspapers of the day on the 10th of January. Two days later, the mayor went on to show similar letters complaining of a wicked prankster all over suburban London. Some had been injured by the prankster's claws. Other reports claimed that people had actually, quite literally, died of fright upon seeing this figure. After the sightings, off the figure would bounce. (laughs) The mayor was now somewhat confused. This was a logical mayor who told himself that things must be exaggerated for there is no way that a ghost is performing the feats of a devil upon the earth. No, someone's being a dick. But on the other side of the fence, someone the mayor trusted told the mayor in confidence of a servant girl at Forest Hill, South East London, scared into fits by a figure in bear's skin. 
the police were now involved and a reward was offered for Springheel Jack's capture. Was there any circuses or anything around London at that time? There would have been performers. I don't know if there was a specific circus in town at this point. No, but I just mean around that kind of era, because I'm just trying to think where they would have got bare skin from. Good question. Or they Things just have like that, that that are more protected these days were probably around to a greater extent back yeah. then when regulations weren't so tight and whatnot and people were ass hats. And like, say for example, there was a circus, a bear might have just died and they just decided to take the carcass or... You're making whatnot. me think of another story here, but I can't remember. It might be in one of the ones that we've not done yet. It is. <laughs> or it might be Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Hagrid, bitch. <laughs> That's one of my favourite lines of the entire show. <laughs> when I listened back to that one, that utterly killed me. I'm Hagrid, bitch! <laughs> Every time I watch the film now, I think of it. Don't know why you'd waste your time. Because it's glorious. You miserable prick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've assumed your role here. <laughs> Just being <laughs> unreasonably aggressive. <laughs> It's fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Feels good. Do we have records of people dying or do we just have that person's word? So there are a few letters flying about and stories in the papers. Letters. So we do, we have records as good as records were at that time. Okay. This all happened, but whether they were exaggerated as the mayor thinks or whether things start getting worse... As we might find out. So yeah, it could all be bullshit and uh, newspapers trying to but sell. But certainly these attacks were happening. More paper. So this could essentially be fake news. To sell papers. It's mm. a good theory. But then, like I say, some of the attacks we do, we have documented. We've got the names of the people involved, like the reports of the time. Obviously, the police were involved in some of them. So things were going on to an extent. Yeah, but, but you I hear you carry it on, haven't you? Yeah. And I suppose your argument there would could even be that rather than one entity is this like, because it's been in the news, other people are getting on board. Mm-hmm. Let's have a laugh. Let's try it out. Typical teenage pranksters. And then you get some that are just absolute dicks and take it too far and try and... Uh... Hold on to that theory. <laughs> <laughs> the Brighton Gazette and The Times reported on the 14th of April, 1838, that a gardener in Sussex had been petrified by a creature of unknown nature. Spring-heeled Jack got his walking boots on and ventured out to Surrey. That may only be a 45-minute drive today, but that's a seven-and-a-half-hour walk at least back then. Unless this thing wasn't walking. A figure appeared to the gardener in the form of a bear and after growling, it bounced up the wall and rang along the wall on all fours. It then jumped down and chased the gardener for some time before scaling back up the wall and legging it. Sightings were happening more frequently now. Jack would be seen bouncing around and would bounce away, cackling. So... It was on all fours. At one point. Appeared to him as a bear. Appeared to him as a bear, climbed the wall, then got on all fours and ran along the wall. 
ever thought that this was just an escape bear? <laughs> People are seeing all around town. I mean, this one even I mean, growled. Yeah, it was a bear, but they're like, shit, it's a man that's taken a bear's form. So It was uh, our Brave Star. <laughs> On Brave the first star. attack, it was literally a bear, and it tried to lick the lady's face and then clawed, because this bear's going to bear. Mm. But yeah, this thing is pretty mobile. Like a bear, actually. Have you ever seen footage of a bear running? Mm-hmm. Oh, scary. There's a cool. video I saw not that long yeah, ago. Yeah, down the mountain. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. I saw that going around. It's like, no, yeah. thank you. Pants filled if that happened to mm-hmm. me. I'm never going near a mountain. <laughs> I will stay on the floor. How would you try to get away? Or would you try and fight it? Oh, my God. This is such a hard question. Because the bear is going to be quicker than me. If it was that bear, I'd just keep on running because it kept getting confused and stopping. But if it really wanted you, it's probably going to catch you, isn't it? So mm-hmm. uh, You couldn't climb a tree because the bear's going to climb the tree. Yep. Try and run towards somewhere with food and hope it gets distracted by the food, I guess. But what if you just out? Look, I'm not the... fighting a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't a fool. People who say they're fought bears, nah. That bear didn't really want to fight. That bear was playing with you. I think I'll just shit my pants. <laughs> and hope the stink scared it off. <laughs> I'm going your route, actually, because I'm not beating it in a fight. I'm not outrunning it. There's no... If you're out in the open, how do you outsmart it? Because mm. that's your only real chance, but you need things to outsmart it with. And on the side of a mountain, unless you stand right on the edge of the mountain, then as it gets near to you, try and dive and hopes it go off the edge. But just let it you're risking it there. Right you're real risking it, aren't mm. you? And then you do a barrel roll. Stand in front of a tree and then move out of the way. <laughs> Clunk. <laughs> like a cartoon. I think it would just knock the tree out. Try and play fetch with it. With what? <laughs> I've actually, like, jokes aside, oh, with a stick. We're on a mountain. Trees. In it. <laughs> I've... Oh, what was I just about to say? But then what uh, I've seen, that's fun? I've... Gets a stick and then chases you down to give it back. <laughs> Back to the same problem. Need a bigger stick. <laughs> I've seen or heard stories about people making themselves look bigger to scare them off. Because mm. they're like, oh, I can't be asked with that. And leave you alone if you look like you're going to be a challenge. But then you risk coming up against the wrong bear. Yep. He's <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like that, I see it? how it You is. think you're a big boy. <laughs> you think you tough. <laughs> and that bear fucks you up. Because if it starts to walk towards you, you're backing down. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed to say. Yeah, I'm joining you on the, the pants, field, pants field section there. Now, it's time for me to tell Fill you your pants. about the time I filled my pants running from a bear. <laughs> no, about Lucy Scales and Jane Alsop, the two most famous of Jack's attacks. On the 19th of February, 1838, Jane Aslop answered the door to her daddy's home to be greeted by a police officer. <sighs> the man said to Jane to fetch a light, for they had found spring-heeled Jack in the lane. Jane fetched the candle, and as she handed it to the officer, she noticed that he was wearing a large cloak. Her hand was out passing the candle at this point and as she did 
the man threw the cloak to the floor, revealing what was said to be a most hideous and frightful appearance. The figure begun vomiting blue and white flames from his mouth as his eyes were lit up like red balls of fire. It wore a large helmet and its tight-fitting white clothing resembled oilskin, which is what they make sailors' coats with. So think of that yellow coat Georgie wears in the film It. The figure took hold of Jane and begun tearing away at her with its metallic claws. Jane was screaming for help and managed to free herself momentarily, but the creature got a hold of her once more and tore at her neck and arms. Jane's sister, and in some reports, her father too, arrived on the scene, and as soon as they did, the creature fled. Jane's family verified the story, along with Jane's injuries, of course. This happened verified so, account this person impersonates a police officer to uh get her to let her guard down yeah smart spits out horrid flames yep. um he's a fire star does he put some kind of solution in his mouth and then as i mean that um, would if you thought he was human then i guess you could think that i mean i'd call the, you a bit of an idiot or but. he's near the candle he just um, spits it out and it changes the colour of the flame. He'd been spraying some deodorant earlier and he coughed and it just went onto the flame and... Mm. Like he had some kind some of... Some Victorian era deodorant. spits out the flame and he got her to bring over a candle. So to make it a bit more dramatic, he's got some weird mask on. Bit of Lynx Whitechapel. Ruby eye things. So he, she answers the door and he's a policeman at first. So as she goes to get the candle... He slips his mask on, drinks his little uh, petroleum solution and then spits it towards the candle when she comes back. And then the trauma, he slips his claw, claw gloves on. Although, to be fair, he might have had them on from the start. Just might not have noticed, yeah. The trauma um, causes her to think it's a demon or devil. This guy is a twat. Or, going back to your early theory, was he a circus performer, would know how to breathe fire? That is very true. Fire breathers, he's in, in town for a little while. Spit hot fire. His name was <laughs> Dylan. 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 Or it could be a monster. I spit hot fire. Spring old Dylan. <clears throat> if you remember, I said, let me tell you about Lucy Scales and Jane Alsop. Mm -hmm. Lucy Scales was 18 years of age. She and her sister were returning from a visit to their brother, a respectable butcher. As Lucy and her sister were passing Green Dragon Alley, someone was standing in the passage. Can you guess who it is yet? Dylan. Lucy was ahead of her sister on the tight path, and as she came up to the figure, who was wearing a large cloak, the figure spurted a large quantity of blue flame from its mouth into Lucy's face. Lucy dropped to the floor in a series of seizures, which reportedly lasted several hours. What? The brother heard the scream of one of his sisters just after they left his house and ran up Green Dragon Alley where he found Lucy on the floor experiencing a seizure as the sister held her. 
The other sister explained what happened, describing the attacker as a tall, thin gentleman wearing a large cloak carrying a small lamp or lantern similar to what the police at the time used. The gentleman did not attempt to speak to them or touch them but simply walked away. A manhunt ensued but despite questioning many suspects, nobody was ever charged. So this is a copper now. Not, yes. not only uh, impersonating a copper, it could actually be a copper. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, harassing the people. He with. has a naked flame with him, and then spits the um, yeah. Solution so or he's not necessarily. You could argue he's not necessarily, or she's not, or they're not necessarily generating it themselves. Nope. But the fact that she fell to the floor and had a seizure. Yeah. Rather than falling to the floor clutching her face this is fire the victorian era there's no tv or anything this is completely out of the realms of anything anyone's ever conceptualized at the time so grabbing your hands and obviously trying to put the flame out what's happened here is probably similar to what would happen if we got chased by a bear and we've seen the bear we know what a bear is yeah but seizure yeah that's where i'm lost well, not necessarily lost. She but. could have already have had epilepsy, and that ah. was the precursing event that triggered the seizure, that perhaps. Never crossed or my it could have been mental. some sort of anxiety-induced attack of sorts. Could have caused a nervous breakdown. All sorts of possibilities. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I just wouldn't have thought they would have walked up to a gentleman standing well, in the they alley. They were walking down the alley, so they had to walk past him to get through the alley as yeah, a tight path. But at that, again, at that point, I'd have been like, "I'm going back to get my brother." <laughs> Are you going to make the brother case. walk you all the way home? Or what if the brother ain't a nice brother? At least through the alley with a butcher's knife, or just going back and got a blade to protect yourself. That's what I might have done. Mm. I'm wondering whether they had like knife crime back then whether the police could arrest you for carrying one or whether that would have been acceptable i'm not familiar with 1800s law that's a good point probably still would have done it anyway but the world was a lot more sexist back then and it might have been frowned upon for a lady to be carrying such things you got to think of the times they're in is green dragon alley exists still like yep an alley yep wow real place we're in london we're in london we haven't done that voice all day Slag. Wanna go? Pardon? Wanna go? Green Dragon Alley. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wanna go what? You wanna go? <laughs> I ain't no bear. <laughs> Moving on to suspects. Thomas Milbank, immediately after the attack on Jane Alsop, was in the Morgan's arms, boasting that he was Spring Hill Jack. Thomas was arrested and went to trial at Lambeth Street Court. Milbank had been wearing white overalls and a greatcoat, which he dropped before being arrested. Thomas had also dropped a candle. Pretty conclusive. We've got him. That sounds like one oh. of those proper comedy sketches where, like, the police grab him and say, Hey, so what's this? And things <laughs> just conveniently drop on the floor. Yeah, all of it emptying out of his pockets. Mm. But there was a slight problem. Jane Alsop insisted that her attacker had breathed fire. If he was the guy, then that has just got him off the hook. (laughs) There was no two ways about it. Spring-heeled Jack 
breathed fire. This was well known. Thomas Milbank was a human, not a circus performer, street artist or dragon, just a general bloke, a bit of a geezer. Therefore, Thomas Milbank could not breathe fire. Thomas Milbank was released. <laughs> I mean, where's your evidence? Not enough evidence. Can't convict. Exactly. You've caught him saying that he did it. You've got a confession. <laughs> he's wearing the right clothes. He's got the lantern, but he can't breathe fire. Sounds really odd. But if you could pull off something like that, you could get away with so much shit. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Back then, people were stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like You could wonder, by letting this guy go... What could that have led to? Mm-hmm. But then what if he didn't do it? Yeah, and he was yeah. Literally I mean, he just couldn't breathe fire. He's not a dragon. He so. was just trying to boast to, I take it, uh, Morgan's Arms was a pub. Yeah. So he was just in the pub trying to boast. and uh, Possibly. That is a very good point. Make people think he's hard. Dress is similar. Mm-hmm. Lonely man. Although, you always get one in a pub, don't you? What was that going to bring him? I mean, if people thought it was him, if he said it was him and they thought it was him... They might have just literally mobbed him and been like, street justice, fool. (laughs) This is a citizen's arrest. (laughs) Beat the shit out of him. Chopped his arms off or something and then taken him to the police. Dangerous game. Mm -hmm. Either that or he thought people were going to be that scared of him when he said it. He might have said it to get people to leave him alone if they bullied him. Could have worked out real bad for him. Mm Mm-hmm. News had, of course, gone national, and after a trial, there was no stopping this thing. Spring Hill Jack became folklore. Jack was one of the most popular characters of Victorian-era London. His adventures, shall we say, were in every newspaper, Penny Dreadful, and even in plays. They even renamed the character of the devil in Punch and Judy to Spring Hill Jack. Weirdly, however, as his fame grew, sightings of old spring Jack dwindled. Well, until 1843, when new Jack sightings begun. The devil himself was seen in Northamptonshire with horns and eyes of flames. In East Anglia, mail coach drivers begun reporting attacks similar to the second sighting. A Spring Hill Jack investigation begun in Devon in July 1847, resulting in someone called Captain Finch being convicted of two charges of assault against females. Finch had been dressed in a skullcap, horns, mask and a skin coat. See, people are just taking the persona and running with it now to try and get away with things. Yeah. I was going to say, when... The sightings obviously started to dwindle. What happened is he jumped a 12-foot wall, which was 3-foot one side, 12-foot chipper up the other, (laughs) and fucked his ankle. (laughs) So he could no longer spring 3-foot. So basically, we've just got a high-jumping champion on the loose. It's not even high-jump, it's only 3-foot. That's that's a relatively high jump. No, it's not. I've seen someone crash from us about the same height, possibly a little bit less. Were they very intoxicated? <laughs> Can neither confirm nor to die. <laughs> that was nine foot at the time. <laughs> that was three foot from my view, nine foot to everyone else. 
But I think what's interesting here is that the actions, shall we say, that Jack is undertaking change slightly with all these ones. They've gone from... So he's no longer a monster breathing fire with the claws and whatnot to a bloke being convicted of assault. Yeah, yeah. But then it makes me wonder, like, why... Actually, no, because he attacked women quite a few times, didn't he? Tearing at them. Different kind of attacks, but yeah. Yeah. Reports of Spring-Heeled Jack continued... In November 1872, the news of the world suggested that the recent Bloody Peckham hell. ghost causing havoc was none other than Spring Hill Jack, 35 years after the initial Jack sighting. Trying to sell newspapers. Sightings continued in Sheffield too, with the park ghost identified as Spring Hill Jack. Then in August 1877, a sighting took place at Aldershot Barracks. A guard on duty at North Camp noticed a peculiar figure moving through the darkness towards him the soldier issued a challenge but the figure continued the figure then slapped the serviceman in the face several times another guard shot at the figure to no visible effect some claim that the shot was a blank or a warning shot but others claim that the bullets just didn't affect old jack the figure then disappeared back into the darkness with ridiculous leaps Apparently, similar events had occurred at the Colchester Barracks the year prior. Reports suggest that sentries at the Aldershot Barracks were given additional rounds and ordered to shoot the Night Terror on sight following this. Jack's visits stopped. Okay, so we have the challenge that was issued. Mm -hmm. What was the challenge? I'm going to F you up. Who can slap the other guy first? One more step and I'll shoot you. Or... He could have gone, let's play slaps. And they played slaps. And he lost. And the, Slaps exist back then? And the shot was a warning shot. Oh, what was the game we used to play with uh, money against the wall? Closest to the wall wins. Uh, I know what you mean, but I can't recall. Because what if he challenged him to that? And he had no coin. So he just went up and slapped him. I can't really see the connection there. <laughs> I don't know. Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Slight stretch potentially. Might have challenged him to uh, Pogs. 1877 Mario Kart Mario Chariots. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of other reports, so I'll whiz for a couple. In 1877 in Lincoln, an angry mob chased Springhill Jack and actually cornered him following a sighting. Jack was shot at again, but the bullets had no effect oh, before Springhill Jack did what Spring Hill Jack does and bounced away. Around 1888 in Everton, North Liverpool, Spring Hill Jack appeared on the roof of the St. Francis Saviour's Church and in 1904, sightings were reported in nearby William Henry Street. Then, Spring Hill Jack faded back into obscurity, remembered only as the Boogeyman. Unfortunately, a lot of the at least partially factual publications of events were destroyed in the blitz of the second world war but the documentation of their existence survived if that makes sense so what we have is loads of reports of random shit happening and everyone's just putting it to spring hill jack because they don't know what else to account like, pretty much for. yeah so um, we... i was about to say sorry the one where he got cornered did he jump over them to get out as i read it he didn't jump over them so much as up a wall. So he scurried up a wall like a lizard. Okay. Reptilian Jack. 
a reptilian. Yeah, there was no, like, while they cornered him, there was no reports of them actually capturing him. He just bounced up and away, as he always did. They must be terrible shots back then. And they but even stormtroopers. so, times are moving on, and we've still got someone jumping ridiculously high and ended up on roofs, roofs and stuff. But back then, they ate their Weetabix. Their jobs weren't sitting at desks, typing away on computers, being so sedentary. Their jobs required them to actually move. Therefore, muscle was quite good. Maybe he just um, challenged himself by jumping over things. Found that he was good at jumping and... uh, Loved to thrill. Yep. Mm. The same way some of us like to lift. He liked to jump. But then they're getting very old at this point, aren't they? These sightings have been going on for decades. That's what I mean. Like, people are just saying it's him now when it's not. Like, he's retired. His ankle's all busted up from that 12-foot drop. And now (laughs) just the memory of him is going on. People are picking up the mantle. I'm going to go out on a limb here. What if it is all the same person? It's not. (laughs) Come on! (laughs) If it is, then when did he start? What, when was the first one? Yeah, how old do you reckon he was? 17? Oh, right. 1837, wasn't it? Yeah. So 37, 40 years on. So, in his 50s. Could still jump. So, 50 years have gone between the sightings at this point. 50 years of jumping. Maybe as a rock climber. You knew how to climb walls. Was he a really big 10-year-old? And now he's 60. And would be a really big And he's still got it. Still got the leap. It's Mario. Found a claw cap. <laughs> and a fire flower. And Wolverine claws. Yeah, claw cap. Ah. But before we move on to theories and I explain to you how Spring Hill Jack is most commonly believed to be an alien, let's just take a look at the bugger, shall we? I've got a couple of pictures of him here for you. Looks more like a modern day vampire than an alien. Oh, oh look. <laughs> vampire. Yeah, certainly in the um, two of the four. And the, so... I'd say the other two are more devil-like. Yeah, in the... So we've got four pictures here. In the top two pictures, he looks... Yeah, like you say, like the devil, like an old school devil slash vampire. Yeah. All in black, pointy chin. Kind of a demon from Angel. Pointy nose, black hair with points at the top in one, and in the other it's all slicked back. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like an old school vampire. Yeah, uh, literally a mixture of old school Dracula with the hair slicked back Mm. and typical images of the devil with pointy ears and a pointy chin. And then in... One of the other pictures, he looks like a devil slash Lothario. Lothario flasher. White trousers, black. Really tight white trousers. Knee-high boots, or just below the knee. And uh, kind of like wing, yeah. winged So shirt. the picture you're looking at, the scene in Batman and Robin with Jim Carrion, when he's the Riddler, and at the end of the film in the prison cell... Oh, he he knows who Batman is. Mm. I'm Batman! <laughs> and he sort of stands up with his cape wings. This photo, or photo? This image is pulling that exact same pose. It's basically Jim Curry saying, I'm Batman, but with a bit more of a Joker face. And the fourth picture just reminds me of uh, Green Goblin from Spider Man. I was going to say, this is the Marvel superhero, Spring Hill Jack. Yeah. 
pretty much Green Goblin in a white suit with red gloves, red on his boots. Pants on the outside. Red mask and a blue cape. Eight nipples. They're buttons, but... Nipples. Nipples in Kev's eyes. Why would you need buttons on both sides? Nip, nip, nips. <laughs> That's a very good point. Eight nipples. Um, and a knee brace of sorts. Got a bad leg. Yeah, he's got one on the arm Been as jumping well. too much. Do you reckon... No, because he's That's got where he gets the spring. claws. I was about to say, do you reckon he's got knives on there? Possibly. That, yeah. I mean, he's already got claws, but maybe. It's less alien, more devil, slash vampire, slash green goblin, slash this is a man in a suit. Right. Multiple men in suits. Different masks, different variations. They're taking what they get from the newspaper and then creating their own version of it. Yeah, yeah. Right, stick with me for this bit because it's going to be a bit of a lengthy bit. But obviously, a big theory out there is mass hysteria. One possibly real event. People panic. One tells another he's five foot five. That one tells the next he's six foot five. That one tells the next he's ten foot tall and can jump buildings. Another leading theory is that Spring Hill Jack was actually a group of pranksters with a dirty sense of humour. This lines up with the mayor's letter. Another suspect was Lord Henry Beresford, an Irish nobleman who was frequently in the news for drunkenly brawling, crude jokes, vandalism, and whom had bad experiences with the police and with women in general. This man would do anything for a bet and lived between 1811 and 1859. You'll have heard of this chap because during the early hours of the 6th of April 1837, Henry, the third Marquess of Waterford and his fox-hunting friends, arrived in Melton Mowbray drinking heavily. The tollkeeper asked for payment before letting them enter, but unfortunately for the tollkeeper, the tollgate was in the midst of a repair. There were ladders and pots of red paint laying around. The gang attacked the tollkeeper, painting both the tollkeeper and a copper who came along red. They nailed the tollhouse door before painting that red. Well, now the party was on, wasn't it? Off the lads trotted into town with their new equipment, painting doors red as they passed, knocking on doors and knocking over pots. They threw a pub sign into a canal. Lord Henry then climbed on a mate's shoulders to paint a pub sign red. The carnage went on with vandalism and attempting to overturn a carriage with a sleeping man inside. Police kept arriving and the boys beat the shit out of them. One of the men was seized by a group of police and placed in a prison and Lord Henry and his boys swiftly returned, breaking three locks and beating up two more policemen as they rescued the bloke. They broke him out of prison. The next day, when the group sobered up, there was absolute uproar as you can imagine. Lord Henry paid for all the damaged cause but was still brought to trial in July 1838. The men were found not guilty of riot but were fined £100 each. That's £11,159.25 today for common assault. But what a bender. This is where the saying, paint the town red, comes from. Lord Henry was a live wire and would have had the money for the spring-heeled jack suits. That is true, but... It was aliens. Being drunk... Mm-hmm. And I have been drunk on a lot of occasions. 
if you're that pissed I don't know if you have the wherewithal to do everything that was apparently done by Jack mm. well this was just one account of them being drunk and painting the town red but this guy would do anything for a bet and that's just an example of how lavishly crazy he can get then the next day he's like sod it I'll pay for that who cares so the idea is that this guy would do anything and had the means to be Jack and wouldn't have given a shit he just loved it if he was always drunkenly brawling I suppose yeah he wouldn't have to be drunk all the time to do the prank no go out do a bit of jacking and go back and drink yeah after you've jacked off out of those if it was between the two of those, I'd say mass hysteria. Okay. Well, I mentioned earlier about Thomas Milbank. Thomas was arrested after the attack on Jane after boasting about it in a pub. Presumably, and I couldn't verify this, but if he's arrested to stand trial, you'd expect him to be in prison of sorts until that date. So how could he attack Lucy unless he bounced out of prison? Another question. Is it possible to spit blue flames from your mouth? Yes, humans can spit fuels to breathe fire, so to speak, but these flames are yellow, orange or red. I could not find any blue fire-breathing images outside of Game of Thrones. I'm not saying it definitely isn't possible, but what I am saying is there is a lot of Game of Thrones imagery out there when you try to research blue (laughs) fire-breathing. Damn you, Viserion! What if this lady was colourblind? Good call. That did not occur to me. You've just shit all over my argument there. (laughs) So what she saw was blue. Right, moving on. (laughs) Spring of Jack's appearance was a little odd, right? The number one theory not contained in Pranksters is that Spring-Hilled Jack was an alien. Yup. Piss off. This ain't no side probe. Old Jack is the real deal. Spring-Hilled Jack had reflective flame eyes. He could breathe fire, blue fire, like an ice dragon. This mother trucker could bounce 10 feet in the air like those Space Jam aliens from the Colonel Colonel Shore episode. <laughs> if a creature grew up on a high gravity world before coming to Earth, they would indeed have more springy leaps. These jumps would break the ankles of any human bouncing so high. Spring Hill Jack wasn't attacking people, it was probing. People were flat out experiencing seizures after this thing attacked. That is not normal for a human attack. So yeah, maybe there are a few copycats out there, but I put it to you that Spring Hill Jack is an alien. This explains how it travelled all around the country and why it behaved so strangely. There were even similar sightings in Czechoslovakia attributed to a creature named Perak the Springman of Prague. Alien Jack, spring-heeled alien. I've taken about 50 minutes to get to this bit, but we're here. He's an alien. Don't say no. Fuck me, that was a stretch, wasn't it? <laughs> It's a bunch of twats being twats Whoa. in twatish masks. Alien. Attacking Alien fire-breathing, no massive jumping creature of the night and reason. day. And also mass hysteria. So a bit of both. <laughs> this is a mixture. Yeah, alien sightings of. and then people getting crazy about it afterwards, but still alien. How did he get here? UFO. Where was it stored? Canal. Thames. Why did no one see it? Victorian era, lots of unpopulated areas. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is bullshit. This is illogically logical. No, it's really not. Um, Come on. At no point is this an alien. Live a little bit. Have a bit of fun. I am alive. I'm alive? Yep. <laughs> that was me. Is that your yep. biggest moment of fun? <laughs> yep. That's all you could reach for? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm so tired right now that that is it. Uh, yeah, this is hard. Oh, Bullshit. This is not an alien. You you haven't given me a reason why. I can give you plenty so of reasons So to summarise... <laughs> this is a bunch of men in different suits being twats. It's not time to conclude yet. What are you doing? What are you doing? The name of no, Spring Hill Jack. No, I'm cutting this. terrorise more and more people because they're knobs. No one's ever going to hear this bit. <laughs> uh, in summary, we've... Had oh oh, come on! I really don't know why this never occurred to me earlier. What if so? Bears, yeah. Springhill Jack, yeah. What if he went into the forest, right, and met the gummy bears? What? So, for those of you that don't know the gummy bears, um, there was a little kid I think that was in that knew them. And the gummy bears had this special drink called gummy berry juice, which allowed them to jump really high. Oh. So what if he had some gummy berry juice and what the people were seeing to be bears were literally the gummy bears trying to get back their stash of gummy berry juice that Spring Hill Jack had stolen. So he's an alien. So that is more believable than him being an alien. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm in. (laughs) He's a gummy bear alien. In summary, we've had the initial attack in October 1837 in South London, whereby Mary Stevens was touched, groped and kissed before the attack affected it. The next day, it jumps in front of a carriage causing a crash before jumping away like an evil gummy bear (laughs) or Zebedee whilst cackling. When I say jump, I mean nine foot high jumps. Gummy berry juice. You're a swine, I had to sit on that. (laughs) Next, the Mayor of London announces that he's received an anonymous tip off that a prankster is terrorising London dressed as a devil, ghost and bear. The Mayor thinks that it's over-exaggerated, but an associate he trusts tells the Mayor that he knows a witness. The attacks continue. A gardener in Surrey is attacked by a bear-like creature. Then Jane Alsop is attacked by an attacker masquerading as a policeman before taking off his lengthy coat to reveal a horrific appearance. This attacker breathes fire, basically, and claws at Jane until her sister arrives, which seems to scare old Spring Hill Jack off. (laughs) (laughs) On the 28th of February 1838, Lucy Scales is attacked in front of her sister, whereby fire is spat in her face. Thomas Milbank was boasting in a pub about the attack on Jane and was arrested. He had dropped a big coat and candle, but Thomas couldn't breathe fire. Jane was adamant, so they let Thomas off. Sightings continue. Notably, Spring Hill Jack slaps an army guard in Oldershot and is cornered by an angry mob in Lincoln before bouncing away. Sightings die down once more, though. We looked at Thomas Milbank, Lord Hemi Beresford, and naughty pranksters as alternative explanations which linked with the mayor's letter. But humans can't breathe fire. Well, they can spit accelerant over an open flame, but this thing vomited blue fire. But you know who can do that? Aliens. 
It explains so much. Spring-Hilled Jack was an alien. Do you want to touch on anything before we conclude? What was the name of the lady that said she saw blue fire again? Oh, God. Was that Lucy Scales? Or was it Allsop? Whoever it was, it was colourblind. That's why it was blue. Jane Allsop was the one who was attacked by the undercover copper. Okay. Although that one breed far as well. I can't think now which one it was. One of those two, anyway. Either way. She's colourblind. Okay. That's why it's blue. Bitch. Um, there's loads of people masquerading as Jack, trying to get away with their own crimes and getting it pinned on somebody else. Because some humans are absolute filth. Filthy boys. If that wasn't the case, and this is the only other explanation for it, he stole the gummy berry juice, which also not only gave him the ability to jump really high, but kind of slowed down the aging process so he could carry on doing it for longer and longer. Or he just had loads of it stashed from the gummy bears. I feel like if I'd have gone with the gummy bear story from near the start, you'd have been so much more enthusiastic about this being aliens. Because <laughs> <laughs> it took so long to get there. I it's was such like, an elaborate and well-documented story. And you're just like, Because <laughs> <laughs> people are twats and horrendous. I mean, there are horrendous and things. And it started yeah, very, very dark. Yeah. So you right. took me down a dark, dark path. I won't take you anywhere, fool. Are you saying that it was aliens? Is that a yes? If gummy bears are aliens... They are. Then I'm not saying it was aliens. Oh. But it was caused by an alien artefact. I'll take it. You're saying Springhill Jack is an alien. Possessed. No. Human. Not even possessed. Alien. Aliens are involved. It's aliens. Just conclude, you bastard. Don't string me along. (laughs) (laughs) This is not aliens. (laughs) Never was aliens. Never will be aliens. It's all just a bunch of horrid human beings Uh, being horrid human beings. I, I... So, I'm not saying that it was aliens. What can I say about this one that hasn't already been said, though? Spring Hill Jack is a little bit true crime, a little bit cryptid, a little bit alien, a little bit ghost, a little bit paranormal. It's got it all, except strong, hard evidence. I've heard about this one since possibly my school days and I've never really been convinced. It's most likely several different copycats, but I do love the story of Paintland Town Red. It reminds me of a few nights we won't discuss, eh? No, we won't. Because obviously you're not allowed to explore drink and debauchery in the MIB Academy. Well, except for being human classes. But we wouldn't know about that because we never went to MIB Academy, did we? Nope. Any final thoughts? Nope. No. I really want some gummy berry juice. That's today's show. If you'd like to learn a little more about us, well, you can't. Because we're mysterious. But you can give us a little probe on the Twitter... To see a bit more of our humour, along with any updates we probably won't have. You can also hear our secret side probes into more widely paranormal events over on patreon.com forward slash but it was aliens. Sign up and you get a secret feed you can open with apps like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Don't tell anyone, but also tell your friends. Keep it secret too. 
and share it widely. But until next time, is it possible to cry underwater? The truth yes. is up there. You just gotta hash tag <laughs> Who's that? That's embarrassing. I was about to say, is that uh, That's the man who painted the town red? The town red. He's got a right slap it, isn't he? Mutton chops. He's got mutton chops. He has. He's got some fucking right mutton chops, isn't he?